You're listening to Pole Parlor, a fun, inspiring podcast for all those bewitched by pole dance. Each week, your Madam Crimson Minx has candid conversation with unique, engaging individuals from within and around the pole dance community. Pole Parlor is passionate about preaching creativity, soulful sensuality, and empowerment through pole dance. Welcome everyone to Pole Parlor. This is episode 14, Kelly Yvonne. I'm your host, Crimson Minx. On this episode, we have Kelly Yvonne. Kelly is a pole dancer, choreographer, producer, director, and businesswoman. On this episode, we talk about how she discovered pole in 2009 and quickly turned it into her full-time career, her vision in creating artistically engaging, immersive experiences through her signature pole shows, and what it takes to maintain momentum and stay creative through the inevitable ups and downs of being an entrepreneur. And before we jump in, make sure you get your tickets for Parlor Play. Parlor Play is a non-pole event for pole dancers happening in Hollywood, California on Friday, May 27, 2016. We'll be doing mini workshops with past guests Carmine Black and Brian Wolf, along with dance-offs, a costume contest, and lots of free play all with some pumping music, an open bar, sinful desserts, a photo booth, and more. So head over to the website at poleparlor.com to learn more and get your tickets. And please share with your friends and pole comrades. And while you're there, check out Kelly's post-podcast interview on the blog where she shares some of her favorite photos, music, video, and more. So now, here's Kelly. Come here, someone. Welcome, Kelly Vaughn, to Pole Parlor Podcast. How are you today? I'm wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, well, you know what? You've come up on past podcasts. So uh, a number of times, including shows with Brian Wolf and Shannon yes. Evans. So. Yes. So, awesome. Yeah. I'm flattered. Flattered to be here. Yeah. It's great to be able to talk to you directly now. <laughs> so starting off, how long have you been pole dancing and how did you first discover pole? I have been pole dancing since 2009. So approximately, I guess, seven years, coming up on seven years. Um, Kelly Maglia, the costume designer, introduced me to pole. She, she told me about it. Last, she was our last guest. Oh, yeah. yeah she did talk about you, too. You've been on a lot of past episodes. <laughs> Do know that. <laughs> well, the, the L.A. community, I mean, we, we've, we've, we all tend to cross and intersect in a variety of ways. Yeah. But um, I actually met Kelly through her sister because we danced on the Clippers together. Oh. And so Kelly and I started uh, hanging out, and she was like, I, I pole dance. And I was like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> but I didn't start. It took me a year to start. But that's actually how I found out about it. Um, I think, to be honest, the, the, the crowning moment was I went to one of her, um, one of her recitals and this girl, she did, uh, you know, like <laughs> the crucifix drop yes. where you like stop right before. Yes. And I just remember that moment. I was like, okay, sign me up. <laughs> <laughs> I need to learn I'm gonna that. Try that. Yes. <laughs> I remember. Oh, yeah. Uh, but it did take me a while to actually step into class. Yeah. Well, you, cause you have a history as a dancer, right? Yes. Yes. And at that time I was actually at that time I was heavy in production. I thought I was retired from dance at that time. And so it wasn't like high on the priority list. But then once I, (laughs) once I stepped in, it was over. (laughs) Funny how it works that way. What kind of dance you you said you were um, on the Clippers, but, and what were you doing? What other kind of dance were you involved with? 
Well, um, I'm trained in all genres because when I, after I graduated from college, I moved to Los Angeles to pursue, you know, commercial dance in the industry. Um, and the first thing I did was I joined a scholarship program. And so that's where, you know, 40 hours a week, yeah. every discipline, it was pretty intense, but it took me from zero to, you know, to 180, if you will. Um, so I'm trained in everything, but yes, I did dance in the NBA for a number of years, uh, two years with the Warriors um, up in Northern California. Now now everyone knows who they are. <laughs> um, and then uh, one year with the Clippers here in Los Angeles. Oh, wow. Okay. And so you love dance, but you thought, I'm going to get into the production side of things. Oh, no, I actually had an injury, a debilitating injury. Oh. But, so that's why. Yeah, I thought I was done. I, I broke a bone in my foot and it was like major surgery. And so they just said, basically, shift your focus. <gasps> so tragic. But yeah. I shifted it to production and that's where I learned how to produce and how to make everything else happen. So pole, just all of those worlds came together because it didn't require a lot of my feet. I mean, you know, understandably, but when two-dimensional dance, it's all feet. So yes. Paul gave me like a reprieve from that. And then I got to bring the production world. And so that's kind of how all this happened. It was a beautiful surprise. Yeah. Wow. Well, it, it seems to be working out for you because you have Kelly Yvonne Productions now. Yes. So can you tell us about that? Like, what does that encapsulate? Because I know it's a lot. <laughs> well, ironically, Kelly Von Production started before the pole dancing. It started when I switched to production. Okay. So, um, no, actually, it started right, right after the scholarship program. I started booking gigs. I was like, come on, girls, like me and the girls in the, in the program. Let's go perform everywhere. And so <laughs> I would just... First, I tried booking us, and we didn't have names. So, so then I started renting the places out and just creating our own shows. That's how the production company started. So it started with dance, and then I started – I had a friend that did fashion. I was like, why don't you do a fashion show? We'll be the dancers. And then a friend of mine was in a band, and I was like, you guys can play. And it just like kind of organically became this production company. And then I discovered Pole, and that's, that's when Girl Next Door and Seven and all that stuff happened. But I was producing before um, – yeah, before, a long time before <laughs> – Cool. Yeah. Wow. So you mentioned Seven and Girls Next Door. So those are two shows that you put on that are, can you tell us about those? Well, yes, yes, absolutely. The the first show was Girl Next Door and that show was inspired literally from from class. Um, I just remember when I first started pole dancing. So we're talking about 2009. So the internet's not yeah. alive with pole dance. I mean, it was, I mean, it was, it was, but not to the extent that it is now, yeah. I would say. So it was very much everyone's secret. But the thing that I found so fascinating was like the woman to the pole to the right was a mom and she was an engineer and she's a doctor and, you know, she's a business. It was just, everyone was just this random mix of women, but we all had this shared secret. And I don't know about them, but I wanted to dance. And I wasn't, at that time, it was either the adult entertainment world or competitions. There was nothing in the middle. So that's literally why I created Girl Next Door. It was kind of from a selfish place. I just wanted a stage to perform on. But at the same time, I was like, I think all of these women want a stage to perform on because we we did. We had this naughty little secret. And so that's how Girl Next Door was born. Um, You're just the girls next door during the day, but you you dance on poles. Exactly. Gotcha. (laughs) And so that, that was a beautiful project because the template was broad, so the dancers were able to go a lot of different places conceptually, thematically, um, sonically. Um, and that was definitely our Hallmark show. Um, but from there, 
So then we had like, you know, the grown up store image. Then me as an artist, I wanted something a little naughtier. So, so I created seven. Um, and that lived at a venue that the audience watched the show from beds. I mean, I had to go there, you know? And so <laughs> that's what seven was about. And that was like our, like our naughty show. Or, the seven deadly sins. Yeah. So yes, yeah, so it was inspired by the seven deadly sins, yeah. but quite literally the presentation was inspired by uh, Eyes Wide Shut. So yeah. that whole experience, Tom Cruise. And, yeah. Yeah. So it was that. So unfortunately, both of those shows are on hiatus right now because both venues have closed. <laughs> that's where we are right now in Los Angeles. However, um, what I'm doing presently is I'm shopping off elements of the shows at venues across town. And so we will see iterations of them very soon, but just in different formats. And so I'm very excited about that, but it's still in very much in the development phase. Yeah, it's, it's, it takes time, but it's cool. So I've seen a lot of your shows um, and yeah. And so I love how you said um, your inspiration is Eyes Wide Shut. Just so people know, when you go see the last show I saw of Seven, you actually have to wear a mask. Mask, yes. Yeah, so you incorporate this theatrical environment oh, that yeah. everyone is entrenched in. It's not just take your seat and... Um, the, watch a show you have you employ people to walk around and uh, interact with the audience they'll take sips from their drinks and they'll kind of like caress them or lead <laughs> them to the room they need to be in it's interactive yes. theater really yes exactly that's exactly what the next iteration of all of these experiences will be you have to be in the room to believe it yeah. and um yeah, Seven started that in the reception of that, like everyone being like, oh my God, she's touching me. I was like, oh, okay. Is that what we want, audience? I can do that. So, so yeah, the girls, the kittens, now they're called, they're known as the kittens. Uh, the kittens are very playful. <laughs> but I literally, I don't give them direction. I say, go as far or as not as you feel comfortable. And these, cre- these creatures come out and it's, it's incredible. Yeah, it's cool because we talk a lot on this podcast about bringing pole to the non-pole community. And that's a show that interests people who have never don't know anything about pole dance or have never been to a pole dance show, but they can still enjoy themselves. And then in that way, witness pole sometimes for the first time and have this like artistic appreciation, which is really cool. Oh, thank you. Thank you. That's definitely that's definitely what the intention was, especially as I started to come out about this hobby. You know, I want to say, yeah, we can get down and dirty, but we can also make you cry. We can make you laugh and everything in between. And I think that's what makes it probably one of the most, uh, diverse art forms, you know, Mm -hmm. because we can literally transform it into anything we need it to be. And that's, that's, what's just incredible about, I guess, the sport and the hobby and the, you know, again, the art form. So, yeah. Now Um, what does it take? Cause you have a company, so you have dancers who I guess have to audition or what, what does it take to become part of your, your company to be able to dance in these performances? With the, with the way that I'm taking the company, um, you know, I'm, I'm expanding. I'm in definitely uh, going in the direction of expansion. It's kind of a client by client situation because in certain circumstances, the demographic is, you know, heavily female and they want to see a lot of men or it's heavily male and they want to see a certain kind of girl or it's just getting, if we go into the commercial industry, you actually are now subject to those things. So they, so the club owners know who their target demographic is. And so they want to hire accordingly. So it's, it's getting a little tricky, but how to get, um, how to perform for me, it is based on audition, but at the same time, it's, it's just being around because 
an opportunity literally lands in my lap and I'm like, oh, go. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of one of those. Like a lot of times someone just happened to be in the right place at the right time and I'm like, you're perfect. Go. You're hired. And so okay. that's kind of how it's, it's kind of evolved into more of like a, a management in that, in that sense. Yeah. Does that make sense? It As does. opposed to like a company. It does make sense. So you have a company that, you know, people have their set opportunities for people to um, perform for you and to try out, if you will, if you haven't heard of them or seen them and to get themselves in front of you. But you're also, you see what's out there. So if someone's putting themselves out there, you're not going to hold back from reaching out to them. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, that's your job. So it's, it's. I'm always on the hunt. I'm always scouting, going to events, seeing new talent, seeing what's out there. Um, but in, in particular, I'm really interested in the intersection of the worlds, like the aerialists meet the pole dancers, meet the dancers, because in my, in my exploration now in the town, people want your dancers to be varied. They want them to have a multiple of facets, not just, okay, I have to hire the pole dancer, then I have to hire this dancer and that. So mm-hmm. it's really interesting because our industry is merging in a lot of ways. And I think the commercial industry is reflecting that as well. And so it's a good place. It's a good place to be creative and stay curious. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you do you also book dancers for like venues around the city, yes. right? Yeah. Is that something where you're seeing a demand for that increasing lately? Ab- absolutely. Yeah. Because again, like we're in it, we're in the Snapchat generation where people need to have experiences. They need something to shoot. So if you have a weird, yeah. oh, interesting act, then, you know, it's, it's marketable and it's definitely something that, the, you know, if it's presented right, the, the club would be interested in. So, so that's what I'm just kind of exploring because we've spent a lot of time in our industry, in our niche. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, well, what is, what's going on on the outside? So I'm pushing commercial and music and uh, film and TV and everything just to see how far we can really take this. So we'll see. Yeah, no, it's good to be curious and it's good to be ambitious because you do, it does seem like you have an interest in any creative opportunity and you even do a competition, right? You start Paragon. So as much as you love the theatrical um, entertainment aspect, you do see the validity in competitions, which is cool. So tell us about that. Was last year the first, the first competition or... No, actually, it started two years ago in okay. 2014. The first one was here in Los Angeles. Um, and it's then, called Paragon, for those it is, who don't excuse know. Excuse me, yes. I don't Paragon. know if I mentioned that, so <laughs> just to interject. <laughs> yeah, so the competition is called Paragon, and it's an international competition. Um, so two years ago, we had one contest in Los Angeles. Last year, we had um, a Latin American championship in Mexico City. And then we had an international one in the Gold Coast, Australia. And then this year, we're back in Mexico City to do the international contest on October 22nd. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. And Paragon is, is interesting because I, I give the dancers a criteria of what the judges are looking for. And the criteria I've created, I think, also fuses in the artistry and quantifies it in a way that um, kind of gives merit to it. Because sometimes we can very easily quantify the technical things, but then it gets a little nebulous in the artistic. And so I think I've found a way to kind of marry the two in a, in, a, in a good balance. Just based on the routines I've seen that have come out, I'm like, genius! It's <laughs> so incredible. And um, yeah, so it's like that delicate balance. And especially like the competitions last year, like everyone just really mind-blowing performances. So we're going to start to release some of those videos as we get uh, closer to the October date. So you can look out for that. But 
Um, okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. So what, cause it's funny. We talked with Kelly Maglia who introduced you to poll last week and we were talking about how sometimes competitions are tough because of the rules aren't necessarily, um, open enough to allow for some type of, uh, movement or creativity. And so have you, are you saying you've actively kind of changed the rules for your competition a little bit? So it allows for different than you would expect in other competitions. Well, I can't speak for others, uh, other competitions, but what I can say is the competition, the, the competitors in Paragon get a technical score and a creative score. Oh, okay. So they're able to quantify both yeah. sides. Okay. And the technical score is a little bit higher than the, you know, than the artistic, mm-hmm. just because it is a pole competition. Yeah. But as a choreographer and as someone that coaches people on that side, I wanted to find a way to quantify it so that people won't be scared to go there yeah. thinking they wouldn't get points. Gotcha. Yeah. It's interesting to see how competitions are evolving even over the past couple of years, you know, based on demand and that the talent level has just gotten. I just can't. I'm like, (laughs) what was that? Are you holding on with your nose? Yeah. (laughs) And that's it. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Yeah, So that's cool. So you have competitions, you have shows, (laughs) you run, um, performances, uh, around in clubs and night venues and, day venues sometimes. Yes, yes. And then you also own Choreography House. Yes, Choreography House. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Repping the tank top right now during an interview. <laughs> oh, I just came from, I literally just came from the studio. <laughs> like, that's fine. <laughs> I, I, I suspect that you were going to be running from somewhere with all of these things happening. <laughs> yes. So <laughs> um, yes. so what? when did that open? And was that something that you opened first or did you open it just because of the need for a, a place for people to rehearse? That's exactly actually why it opened. Um, okay. So Grown Up Store started in 2009 yeah. and Choreography House opened in 2011. And in that time... Natasha and I met and Natasha and I built our brand, um, you know, with me doing choreo and her being fucking amazing. (laughs) Um, and so from that people wanted me to help them with their routines and I needed a place to rehearse, not just for the girl next door show, but now it was starting to become this, this coach. And I literally, I kid you not, we used to, (laughs) this would be our practice. So there'd be like a five second, five minute gap between the end of one class and the beginning of a next. And I would be like, Go. Get your ass out there. Run it. <laughs> Literally tape that. And we were like, that's how rehearsal used to be, oh my gosh. you know, for major comps or we'd have to like stay really late. And so the original idea for Choreo House was it to be a rehearsal space, period. Now, obviously, that doesn't quite pay the bills. And so we had to start exploring some other things. And pretty much once we did Groupon, then we became a full fledged studio. Like it, everything changed. Then it was like, oh, my gosh, we have clients. Oh, answer the phone. <laughs> <It> was- <laughs> It became a studio. So it was yeah. very organic. And it, I mean, just kind of like how I even came to this world, it was just kind of like, like water. It was like, oh yeah, let's go this way. Oh, sure. Oh, oh, let's try that. And so, so that's how Choreo House was born. And now it is a facility, um, that does provide classes as well as rehearsal space. So we're still the same. Um, but now we're just feeding, you know, into the different avenues that we already discussed. So, yeah, because we spoke with Brian about how he did the scholarship program there, which is like that intensive yes. six months training course, perhaps. Well, now it's now it's 12. But yes. yeah, it's pretty intense. Whoa. It's pretty intense. 
Oh my gosh. So <laughs> but the six, six months is the intensive. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, it seems like you've created the system there where you're, you're developing the dancers to then feed into not, you know, that sounds terrible feed into the system, but you know <laughs> what I mean? But actually I'm going to look at it like you can develop these dancers and then you have avenues for them to perform available. So it's not like you're, you know, like you said, when you came out of your scholarship program, you had to hustle and find it, yeah. and create your own shows. And it's yeah. kind of nice that you had these shows already available for them to, to flow to into. into. Absolutely. Like the, the, the premise of the studio now is whatever, not whatever, but we try to just provide a platform for people to go in any direction they need to. And especially with the scholarship program, because although there's a heavy focus on performance, some people... Like, like some of the people in the, in the program right now have developed this genuine and intense passion for teaching. Like they didn't know they had it and they love it so much. And so I don't want it, the misconception to be that you only have to go that route because we will take you wherever you want to go. But okay. there's a lot of people that genuinely want to become a better teacher. And we have a very strong emphasis on teacher development and shadowing and making sure that they understand how to, you know, read their, their, their class and, you know, just provide the best experience. And so... Um, Brian is just a prime example of just everything that the program is about. Like he is just an awesome person. He, he puts himself out there. He's so gracious. And Mm -hmm. I just, I'm just, I'm loving this journey, just watching it unfold, you know? And so, um, to have been a part of any part of that as a studio, you know, we're all behind him. Just like, do it, do it, go. (laughs) Um, so yeah, super incredible. Yeah, it's it's the community has changed in the way that people are able to develop themselves and and put themselves into certain um, genres or places has because com- has completely developed. And I'm curious, since you've been in doing this since 2007, how have you seen things change Um I mean, even when you just talked about Brian, like social media came into my head, like there's that wasn't around in 2007 to promote, you know, not to the extent. Yeah. Yeah. So what? Yeah, exactly. Not to the extent. So how, how have you seen just in the past nine years, the industry change? Wow. Um, the one thing I will say is, you know, I, I, at that, well, let me clarify. I started pole dancing in 2009. 2007 um, was the production company, yes, but it wasn't yeah. pole yet. Not gotcha. pole yet. Okay. Um, but in 2009, there, you know, there were, pe- there were people putting things online, but that would be the one thing I would say has been the hugest, the, the biggest leap. Like the geographical divide doesn't exist anymore. Like we are so connected as a community, like at an instant, you know, like yeah. someone took a class and I'm going to see what happened in that class right now. Like, yeah. you know, versus they put it, they, they, they practice it, they put it in a performance and then we see it, you know, like mm-hmm. everything is very immediate, which is good. It's, it's immediate. It's, it's connected. And, um, I don't know. I don't know. I, that's just the one thing I would say that has been the biggest, the biggest leap. Um, outside of that, I just, I'm just happy that there's so many more people in the industry and so many more people means that there's more people talking about what we do. And I remember in 2009, like, I whispered that I pole dance. Like I whispered it because I was so tired of the. (gasps) (laughs) And now very nice, you know, like now I can say I teach pole dance and it's not quite so, 
shocking stigma, you know the stigma is yeah and i think it comes from all of us just putting it out there and sharing with the world this is what we do and we're about this and it's okay and don't be scared you know yeah. and um and that's that's the beauty of it i, I would say that i was personally i was way more fearful of what i did and now i'm like let's all shout it let's just shout you yeah. know and stay creative and stay you know supportive so so that that would be the biggest changes that i would I've observed. Yeah, that's a big one. And you're right, because sometimes people get down on the pervasiveness of all of the media out there. But in reality, it really has opened a lot of people's <sighs> eyes to it. 2009, I definitely had no idea what pole dancing was right. outside of strip clubs. Absolutely. So, and now I feel like, you know, it's been on Oprah. And so, you know, Auntie knows what it is now. Exactly. And so it's growing in that way. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's incredible. And that's something yeah. we need to celebrate because, you know, there's a lot of fitness fads and a lot of things that, you know, that spike and whatnot. And I think if we need, if we want to continue this, this hobby, this obsession or whatever, you know, we do need to to come together and get more cohesive, you know, like, cause that's, that's the only way, you know, power and numbers and, you know, the collective. Yeah. And what you're doing, like taking a creative vision and applying it to, you know, to dance and then putting it out there. Um, yeah, it's, it's definitely different. Yeah. But <laughs> it's so working. Well, yeah, it's it's working. And I would just say the one thing about the commercial aspect, um, the thing that's shocking is the things that we as pole dancers think is so amazing, right? Because we know how hard it is or how much strength is required or how much flexibility is required. But the things that shock like your mainstream audience are usually just going upside down, you know? Like it's really <laughs> awesome, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Like the commercial industry is really causing me to just reflect a lot more, you know? Like... It's really, it's really different, but, what do but I'm you, excited. What do you mean by the commercial industry? So like with, uh, with booking gigs and sending dancers out and, you know, when the client's telling me what they're looking for, cause they don't know our, our sport or our industry. They're not saying like, I'd like a spin pole combination and, yeah. you know, traverse, the, you know, they're like, uh, dance. <laughs> so, you know, so when you get into the conversation, especially in the concept development, you start to see what the things that they describe as amazing. And usually it's just, uh, like going upside down or, you know, any kind of split legs apart. Yeah. Like those are the things that, but if you, if you look at another discipline, like I'm going to use uh, tissue as an example, like I don't do aerial tissue, but yeah. without fail, any aerialist that does a double leg split yeah. in girl next door gets like the audience goes nuts. And that's just a prime example of that. It's just, what they understand as hard is not necessarily what we do. And so that's just a learn. It's a learning curve. But yeah. that was the most shocking thing about like these new gigs. I'm like upside down, really. Like, laybacks, laybacks kill, yes. kill all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, so that's, it's good because, yeah. you know, the basics are the basics and, you know, maybe we need to get back to the basics, you know, maybe that's a testament to that. So, yeah. And, <laughs> and, and then it's also nice when you're putting so much pressure on yourself, like I can't get this Allegra or whatever, be like, come on, 99% of people, if you can do like a fireman spin or like, damn, right. <laughs> or like, you know, like a martini sitter, like, holy shit. So, right take a step back and realize yes. what you're doing is very impressive. Yes. I agree with that. Like there's no need to, to compare yourself to anyone else's journey. Like what we do every time we go to class and accomplish, like 
you feel it in your body. It's, it's impressive. Yeah. It's impressive. So it's nice to go out into the commercial world and be like, I know I'm a superhero, right? <laughs> <laughs> you went upside down. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Cool. So. Very cool. And yeah, because we've been we've been talking about trying to push that more on the show of, of getting um, getting gigs around town and, you know, um, and having like a force behind people that are encouraging it and presenting it is is a huge step. And even getting the professional pole dancers work and getting paid and and things like that, which well. is a reality of being a professional pole dancer is that like, how do you pay the bills? So you pay the bills the and commercial, that commercial sometimes is. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And I think, again, it comes from the awareness. It comes from it being presented. It comes from putting a pole dancer in a very public place and letting people Snapchat about it because that's exactly how it happens, you know? And so I think as we w- raise awareness, then everything else can follow suit. At least that's what I'm pushing for. So we'll see. Yeah. Cause, and you have a statement on your website that I loved and it says each year, Kelly Yvonne continues to redefine the concept of pole dance entrepreneur. And so I wanted to just talk with you about that, about what is, what do you think it means to be an entrepreneur in the pole dance industry? What does that take? What it means to be an entrepreneur in the pole dance industry is, quite literally someone who's willing to take a risk on an idea. Like that's how we all came to this industry. We took a a risk on an idea that we could pole dance and, you know, we did and we were able to. And so I don't even think that's limited to pole. I think that's just life, like an entrepreneur of life, being willing to take risks on yourself. If you, if you believe in your idea, your vision, your goals, do it, you know, like it's so easy that we pull at some point becomes so easy that we often forget how we started. Like, remember the first time you actually did invert? That was, it was quite a remarkable moment. I know yeah. for me, cause I was like, I don't think I'll ever go upside down, you know? And so, yeah. um, there was something that put us in that moment. And so just staying hungry like that, I think is what it means to be an entrepreneur and being open and just being willing to try. And I mean, as you guys all know, I've fallen on my face many times publicly, you know, like literally <laughs> ran into a pole on stage, but oh, no. you know, it to me and, and everything in between. And, you know, it's not easy, especially in this day and age when, you know, social media is, is so social media. And so, yeah. so I think it's just also having the courage, you know, to take those risks and doesn't matter what, what happens on the good side or the bad side, just, just do it. You know, why not? You know, you, you, you took a pole class, like why stop there? So, so that's what I think it means, what it means. And every year I'm always trying to challenge myself in some way, in some direction, um, just cause I get bored. (laughs) So so I need to, I need to push in a new, okay, let's try this. Oh, let's try that. But, um, not bored in an ungrateful way. I just mean like, I'm like, well, that's, yeah. Like if that's easy, then what if I did this? So that makes sense. It's like (laughs) being willing to put out new creative ideas and and understanding that failure happens because I think a lot of people fail once and then it's just you don't want to try again. And so um, that's the hardest thing is stepping up again. Yeah, it's interesting to hear that you've you've seen that and you've lived through that. But, you know, oh, my God, I've lived that. (laughs) Yeah, really. Okay. Yeah. 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 Totally. I mean, happens to the best. It happens to everyone, but I think that the thing that I learned, at least in this last year with the ups and downs, is I was like, oh, 
everyone has troubles. <laughs> yeah. Everyone struggles through things. Like you just kind of like, you know, we become immersed in our own experience and social media only shows us a certain side of experiences. So you kind of get lost in this fantasy land. But when you stop and actually have a conversation, I'm like, oh, so we're more alike than we are, you know? And so that's, yeah. that's helpful and that, that's encouraging. So if there's any encouragement in that, yes, I, fu- I fuck up all the time. <laughs> I fuck up and I cry about it and I pick myself up and keep it moving. But yeah. yeah it's how you bounce back that really how makes you, you a success. Back. Cool. Yeah. And so what is your, what is your trajectory moving forward personally? Like, how do you see you taking Kelly Yvonne productions and do you have any visions, ideas, things coming up you can share with us? The most recent development is what I spoke about before with the summer show series. Um, right now I'm just developing experiences at different venues across town. Um, and as soon as I, you know, lock out all the, all the, the details and we'll announce that. And, um, but we have started rehearsal on that we have, uh, yeah, the cast is, is forming together and we're getting that together. Um, as far as my trajectory, I think the most important thing, at least that I've learned as a human being to this point is just to stay hungry, stay curious, um, my trajectory is to always chase happiness. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't know what that looks like because it's always going to change. Like if you'd asked me ten years ago, I would never. Oh, I'm going to be a pole dancer. There's no way I would <laughs> ever thought that in any comprehension. You know, and so yeah. because life can be that dramatically spontaneous, I I just choose to stay on happy. You know, so that's my trajectory. Is wherever happy is, that's where I'm going. That's cool. More people should be able to say that. Every we should all be able to say that. So that's yeah. that's a good way to to move forward. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> it took a lot of life to, to even have that clarity, but yeah, that's what life's about, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So let's move into the uh, our standard secondary questions in the interview that we ask all the guests. Okay. So first one, which I'm interested since you've worked with so many people, who is your pole crush? <laughs> My pole crush, she knows, oh. Heidi Coker. Ah. <laughs> I'm obsessed with her in a really creepy way, but I, 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 keep, it, I keep it under wraps, you know, so, uh, but she knows. Some she knows. Social, <laughs> she's seen you on social media stalking and <laughs> no. outside her window a couple times. Outside her door. No. <laughs> No, it happened in, in Australia is when it really kind of became real. She did this hip-hop piece. I was like, you are the truth. Like, what in jeans? She did a pole dance in jeans and a sweatshirt in hip-hop. I was like, I was done. Serious? I was like, I was done. But we were, uh, we were at the gig together. We were judging. And so I was like, can I just watch you sleep? <laughs> you know? <laughs> I don't save it for social media. I like to get creepy right away. Um, so, yeah, so she's very aware, I think. I think she thinks I'm kidding, but it's totally my pole crush. <laughs> <laughs> she's a good one to have. Yeah, she's super impressive. Super awesome. Yeah. And so how would you like to see the pole community evolve over the next five years? Oh. We talked I, about how you want to progress, but in terms of the community, what are you, what are you hoping to say? I, I would have to venture to say the same, you know, um, our industry is changing. We've seen it change just in the last, you know, two years, five years. We're going to only see more change. So um, I would just like us to stay open, but at the same time, stay hungry and um, 
stay entrepreneurial, you know, be willing to take risks because we have worked so hard to get the poll community to this level as far as uh, exposure in the mainstream and, you know, commercial outlets and shows. And I mean, there's competitions around the globe now, you know, we, we've done all of this expansion. So let's, let's continue to expand and continue to, to, uh, to show the world why we're so passionate about this thing. That's, I don't know, in my case, taken, taken my life in a completely different direction. So, so yeah, that's what I would love to see. Yeah, it's good. And to support each other in, in our efforts, you know? Yes, yes. Absolutely. Cool. So, um, coming up, I, so you said you, you're 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 working on a summer series, and yes. so I'm assuming the production. That's I can't even imagine. We didn't even get into that. Um, but real quickly, actually, what is what is like entailed in pulling off these these productions that you're working on? What don't we see as as just kind of <laughs> amateur dancers who just see the the finished, finished theatrical masked production. <laughs> well, I mean, I think the one thing that people don't see is the initial negotiation. Like I'm quite literally walking into venues saying I have this idea or I have this show or I have this, this cast. Um, at this point, at least I have footage and pictures and such. But like when I first started, I didn't have anything. I just said, Hey, I have this idea and I think it's going to be awesome. Yeah. So what, what people don't see is that negotiation, and it's quite literally like auditioning. It's, it's literally auditioning. I go into a venue, and I have to figure out what they are looking for, what kind of vibe. You know, I have to figure out all these different things, present the project in a certain way that, that makes sense. You know, I'm talking numbers. It's a straight-up negotiation, and it's, it's tough. So I think, that's, I think that's the one thing that most people don't see. They come in after the negotiation's done, all the you know, the ink's dry and, you know, everything is where it's supposed to be. But that's probably the hardest part of my job too. Um, if I'm going to be honest, because I'm a dancer, like, but I just want to do shows. So I have to, I have to go in there and say, Hey, club owner, you know? And so it, it's, it's hard. It's really hard. Put on your, your um, business pants or just putting yeah. on pants in general as a dancer. Yes. Kind of <laughs> I have to wear yes. pants to this meeting. <laughs> but as far as like the, what, what's going on production wise, um, I'm, I'm again, I'm, I'm staying hungry and I'm, I'm exploring different avenues and uh, I'm really, really interested in just shock value for the audience in a lot of ways. And so I'm creating a lot of theatrical arcs for that. Um, you know, a, a balance between, you know, shock and seduction is what I like to like to find. But uh, but new experiences and experiences that <laughs> not, not I'm living on Snapchat, but but, you know, Snapchatable, like, oh, my God, I can't believe this happened to me. Like, I want yeah. that reaction. <laughs> yeah, that's a good – I've never heard anyone describe it like that, but that's a really good way to put it. It's a yeah. memorable snippet of some yes. sort, an impressive snippet of some sort. Yes. That's and so that's, cool. that's what the new productions are going to become. Like, you'll know that when you come to an event, you don't know maybe what the experience will be, but you know it's going to be something that, like, oh, my God, it's right there. You know, like yeah. something that's going to just – Immersive in a way. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So. And do you plan on taking shows um, outside of Los Angeles? Because you've done shows all around, right? And I know you've done shows in Chicago. And where else? Where else do you plan on, or have you done shows? Um, well, we did our first uh, out of town show in in Dallas, Texas. Okay. Um, I think that was in 2011, and then we did Chicago for two, two or three years. I'm not sure now. Um, before then, that's when it went international. As far as like the plan for the future. I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Like I said, I'm kind of open. 
like if you know that Bruce Lee term about water, like I'm just kind of open yes. and I'm staying curious and I'm staying present. Uh, open to the opportunities that present yes. themselves, being fluid. Yeah. Because in the past, I think I was like more about pushing and this is how it has to be and this is my vision. And, you know, like that blocks things in a lot of ways as well. Yeah. So, so this year is about being open, but a lot of it's like blind cells, like this is the show, do you like it? And, you know, like this, it's, it's interesting, you know, and I, it's, it's a lot about an audition. So yeah, <laughs> however many places I book, that's how you, how well I, you know, I did. <laughs> gotcha. Well, how can we find you? How can we follow you? So we know all these can see these upcoming events and see how things are progressing with you. What, what is your social media and website? Well, um, I live on Instagram. I'd probably say that's probably my main outlet. I'm not much on Facebook. I just am not. I'm sorry, but but I do have I struggle with Facebook too. I yeah. understand. <laughs> um, I'm actually not on Snapchat. I'm on Snapchat, but I'm not on it. You know what I mean? But okay. I would say for the most up-to-date would be Instagram. I would love to say that I update my website regularly, but I don't. But that's in the, that's that would be number two would be kellyvon.com. Um, okay. And then Kelly yes. Yvonne on Instagram. Uh, yes, 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 exactly. Or the choreography house. I actually update the studio more than my own. So, okay, hey, <laughs> that's too honest. It's <laughs> business. You got it. <laughs> it's hard but to any do. Of it was the choreography house.com, kellyvon.com, and either the studio or my Instagram as well. Okay, so. yeah, if you're not already following guys, definitely, definitely look it up. Yes. And then can you leave us with an empowering message or quote or anecdote oh. or something to, to sign off with? Yes. So <laughs> I'm not sure how long this will be played or whatever, but right now is Lemonade and Beyonce Land. And have I you seen I think it? people in the future will have known yeah. that Lemonade is by Beyonce. So <laughs> this will always be relevant. Yes. <laughs> well, one thing that- there's a lot of stuff in it. There's a lot of messages and a lot of important themes. But the one thing that sh- that like literally screamed out at me, and it's just been something, especially when you go into these like car- these cold calls, um, nothing real can be destroyed. And that's what, in the words of Beyonce or her grandmother or something. Anyway, it's in the movie, but I think she said my grandmother always told me, and that was just like, you know, because there's a lot of self doubt and there's a lot of everything around, but nothing real can be destroyed. And that I don't know. It's, been, it's resonating with me right now. So that's what, that's what I would like to leave gotcha. you all with, in the words of the mighty Beyonce. Uh, in the words of the Queen V. Um, Baby! Yeah, uh, be genuine. If it's genuine, you can't, that's... Yeah. And so, you know, if you really think about that, it kind of takes off a little layer of, of doubt and insecurity and, you know, maybe helps you be a little more ferocious when you're not feeling so, so... Yeah, that's awesome. That's great advice. That's a great thought. So, yeah. Cool. Well, thank you. Yeah, Kelly, thank you so much for sharing that and for sharing everything with us. This has been really interesting to see from um, a different perspective as someone who does not do all of these type of productions and oh. and carrying off this entrepreneur side. It's been really interesting to see how your creative vision has been brought to life and. Well, thank you, thank you. Thank you. This is the fact that you're saying that means so much to me, you know, because sometimes I get into my little, you know, you know, my little zone and yeah. don't remember that that's actually what I'm doing, you know. And so thank you for for that reminder and that fresh perspective. 
course. Awesome. It's so great talking to you. Likewise. Likewise. Hope to meet you in person someday. Yes, I hope so as well. <laughs> All right. Well, have a wonderful day. You too. Thank you for listening to the Poll Parlor podcast. Want more? Visit pollparlor.com for show notes and to link to the Facebook group where you can connect with other poloholics and continue the conversation. Listen to past episodes and subscribe to new episodes on the website, YouTube, iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. Lots of love, babes. Thanks for listening. 